Hi everyone, Jackie Kennedy, founder of the Lead Me Academy, and this is the Grow to Great Leadership Podcast. In today's episode, a few of our program coaches will share their top tips and strategies for how to engage in coaching conversations as a manager. But before we dive in, you may be wondering what the difference is between coaching and managing. According to the Oxford Dictionary, management is described as the process of dealing with or controlling things or people. The last part, controlling things or people, really sticks out. If you are anything like me, just reading that makes the hair on my neck stand up. I hate being controlled, or put more simply, I hate being told what to do. And I think that applies to most of us. This is where coaching comes in. Coaching is the antithesis of managing. A coaching conversation is about facilitating the process for someone to uncover their own insights, decisions, and way forward. As a manager, you might find this slightly harder to wrap your head around if you have the misconception that you are being paid to tell others what to do and how to do it. And if you don't do this, that you will look like you are not equipped to manage your team. Those days are gone. A good manager knows that they are being paid to lead, motivate, excite, challenge, and overall get the best out of their people. While you listen to our coaching tips, I invite you to put your ego aside along with any feelings you have that you should know everything as a team manager. Trust me, when you do this, the way you communicate and engage with your team will change for the better. You will see team members thrive and you will get back so much more time. Here are our tips for getting started with your coaching conversations. Something we've seen countless times in the Lead Me team sessions is the power of feedback. We all know how important it is to receive meaningful feedback. I'd like to share two tips or strategies that I've heard from both sides of the coin, those receiving feedback and those giving feedback. Number one, the feedback that seems to land the best is feedback given in a direct but kind way. Many will know this as radical candor style feedback. The most important factor is how the feedback is structured. It's direct and offers a way forward. The behavior or outcome is addressed, not the individual. People who excel at giving this kind of feedback invite the individual to think about it and have a conversation about what they can do differently going forward. And sometimes if the situation is right, they provide suggestions on how to improve or how to do things differently. And then they make the link back to the developmental goals of the individual. They must be able to walk away from this interaction with action points in mind. The focus is on how much the individual will grow because of these action points, not on the fact that they failed or did something wrong. Number two, following this conversation, what really makes the process go full circle is when the leader is then able to see and acknowledge the change in behavior as it occurs in the moments. This shows that you really care as a leader and you want the individual to grow. So receiving this feedback shows the individual that they are working together as a team and that the leader or manager really does have their best interest at heart. And finally, point three, Someone in one of our team sessions shared that every time you see growth in your team, you grow as well. And I think that really speaks to what it means to be a leader. It's a team effort. And it is this idea that we are all learning as we go, most of all from each other. And as we continue to give feedback and support each other in this way, we can continue to grow as leaders as well. 
practicing active listening is one of the most valuable things a manager can learn to do. This means that one listens to hear instead of listening to respond. To further strengthen this practice, um, a manager can then distill back to the person what they've heard. For example, tell me if this is correct. What I heard you say is, this leaves the speaker feeling heard and it gives them a chance to reflect on what they've said, having it heard offered back to them in another's words. Using this approach will likely result in more productive conversations, leave less room for miscommunication, and most importantly, helps to build rapport with team members. As a manager or leader, creating a sense of belonging within the team or within the workspace is one of the most important things we can do. Belonging builds a sense of safety and unity and that helps us to develop trust. It helps build effective relationships and helps employees to feel heard and to feel valued. Um, This is because all of us have an innate need for, for belonging. And when that need is met, we can focus our energy on doing other things like personal development or performance um, rather than trying to to meet our belonging needs and and making us want to fit in and manage the relationships and and conform our behavior. In coaching it's especially important because a strong coaching relationship is is really the key to having uh, open and honest coaching conversations. So if there's already a sense of belonging in a work team the coaching relationship amongst that work team already has some strong foundations. Building a sense of belonging in the team is done by helping employees feel seen, feel connected, feel supported and and proud of what they're doing. The simplest way to build belonging is to keep these four aspects in your mind in day-to-day communications. This could be something as simple as checking in with your team on how they're doing in in a really authentic way that shows that you care. It could be asking for their input and and their feedback on relevant topics or acknowledging good performance um, of like small tasks, day-to-day tasks, and not just the big wins. A lot of people think that building belonging is about big team-building events or recognition systems, but actually you may find the most effective way to build it in a team is in the small, regular ways you, you interact and communicate. So when using a coaching approach in management, my first tip is to make sure you manage your expectations up front around the relationships you will have. Many people normally mistake in coaching as giving advice or giving solutions to problems when they need to solve it themselves. And this is not a style of coaching. When beginning a coaching relationship with an individual, a team, or a group, you want to make sure that your role in this relationship is understood. And as a coach, you want to support individuals in finding their own solutions and taking ownership of their own development. My next tip is to acknowledge that we are all different. As a coaching manager, you may come across interactions where you will not necessarily agree with someone else's point of view, and that's okay. It's important to put your own biases and perceptions aside at times to let others learn and gain the experience they need for their development. And it's important to also acknowledge that each individual that you interact with is different from yourself. And we all come from different backgrounds and experiences that form our own beliefs, um, values and perceptions. And there's no clear wrong or right. So rather than disagreeing, encourage your differences as well. 
And then from my previous point, my last tip would be to learn and reflect about yourself as a manager, awareness of your own thoughts, beliefs, values, and your biases, which will help you in your interactions with those you manage. And when we are aware of the way we think and our own biases and values, we will not let them get in the way when we are supporting others. Once you have built rapport and a safe environment to share with the person you are coaching, asking an incisive question can be very powerful. I learned about this from Nancy Klein's framework of creating a thinking environment. An incisive question has the intention of removing a limiting assumption and directing the attention back to the goal. So if you encounter a limiting assumption in your coachee, you can consider crafting an incisive question. For example, in a coaching conversation with your direct report, he expresses that he does not think he is smart enough to apply for a senior position in the company. An incisive question removes the limiting assumption of not being smart enough with a freeing assumption and could sound something like, if you knew that you are smart enough, what would you do? Another example, you would like to motivate your team to spend time on learning and personal development, but they are not taking any initiative in this area. In a one-on-one -on -one conversation, a team member expresses that she is keen to invest in her personal growth, but feels like she does not have time due to the demands of her job and private life. An incisive question could be, if you did have time, what would your personal development look like? A well-formulated incisive question and asked at the right moment has the potential to transform a conversation and thereby a person's outlook on life and themselves. It's a delicate balance to communicate as a manager, a colleague, and just a fellow human being. You have these boundaries in place, but you also want to show up as a real person and connect with those you manage by validating their experiences and feelings. Often we do this in conversations by relating what they are saying back to our own lives so they know they're not alone. This is where that delicate balance comes in. When you coach, you want the person to feel seen, but sometimes interjecting our own situations can really undermine that. Remember, you can still signal relatability or empathy with phrases like, I hear you, or I understand, or that must be difficult, without comparing their experiences to yours. And it doesn't hurt to ask them if they would like more guidance or advice from you. As pointed out previously, everyone is different, and every coaching conversation is different. You may find yourself listening more in one session, and then giving more feedback or sharing best practices in another. Again, it is about finding the balance for each individual. Be sure to take the time to prep and practice before each session. Be curious. Take an interest in the individual team members. What are they passionate about? What drives them? What do they like, dislike about the role? Or what do they like or dislike about working with you? How do they get to work? How do they work best? What do they think about how we do things at the company? Be curious and show a genuine interest in who they are at a human level. Then, listen for the 10% good in every idea. Don't shut out the ideas completely. 
but a rather listen for what is good within that idea. This encourages free thinking and helps create a safe environment to share ideas and collaborate. Praise in public, criticize in private. Show genuine gratitude for their work and achievements. Sometimes team members make personal sacrifices unknown to us to show up at and for work and it provides a little comfort when someone notices your input and show appreciation for it. Lead with transparency and integrity. Check your own intentions, biases and triggers. Creating an open and honest environment is easy when your employees trust you. They will trust you when they see your actions match your words. And then finally, be open and willing to give what you ask for. So my top tip for managers is to manage and make effective requests to improve productivity and boost performance within their teams. The reason I want to share this is because this is an easily overlooked issue in organizations and it plays a pivotal role in productivity. There's a major risk for miscommunication and misunderstanding in the workplace and even the culture of an organization that makes sloppy requests and slippery promises. When we look at what requests are, it is the explicit asking for assistance. But how effective are our requests really? There are a few things that go into making effective requests to boost your productivity and performance. Because when we make requests and it does not produce the desired outcome, it means that unnecessary effort and energy is cycling back the whole time until you get the desired outcome. And it creates unnecessary frustration and it might even impact a relationship. So what are the technical elements that makes a request effective? Firstly, it must be specific, including a time frame. Secondly, it needs to include a criterion. This is to describe exactly what you need according to your standards. Thirdly, it must be made to the right person, someone who is capable of carrying out what you are asking. And lastly, it must be contextualized. Give a reason why you are asking for something so the person has an understanding and appreciation of your needs. So for example, you and your team's request can either look like this, will you please take on these two extra tasks, or please will you volunteer to take on two additional tasks that fall outside of your immediate role per week. This is for the sake of your learning to do new things working as part of a team and engaging with different team members. Not only will effective requests reduce the conversational waste, but it will improve your productivity and communication. And it will also build trust within your team and boost the organization's performance. Now remember that we cannot control the answers to our requests. All we can do is make a request and accept that the rest is out of our hands. Hopefully we get what we want, but if we don't, we know that we have been true to our standards. Let people know what matters to us. Brought about a new set of events. We have created a space for conversation, for learning, building trust, making decisions and strategic action.
the great and most important news is your journey of coaching as a manager starts at a really manageable place, yourself. Coaching is deep and hard work, and we can only fill others' cups if ours is overflowing. So my tip for you on your coaching as a manager journey would be to start with self. Are you putting in the hard yards and doing the self-work? Are you working on acknowledging and labeling your own emotions? Are you working on the self-mastery and management of your own emotional state and triggers? Through this journey, are you working on identifying, labeling, and empathizing with other people's social and emotional triggers? The culmination of these three, self-awareness, self-management, and social awareness, leads to the pinnacle of emotional intelligence, relationship management, which is the goal of coaching, managing and empowering people on their own journey to fulfillment at work and in life. As a coach, your role is not to tell others what to do, nor to tell them the solutions to their problems, but to empower them to find their own answers by asking the right questions. And this can never be done, at least not sincerely, without going on this journey with yourself. With that, thank you and good luck on your coaching as a manager journey. Hi, it's Jackie again. Two final tips from my side. One, just try changing all your statements to questions and see how the nature of the conversation changes. Two, keep number one in mind. Give your team the opportunity to solve problems on their own with just your guidance. And while this may feel like a short-term loss to begin with, because you might be thinking you can do it faster or you already know the solution, I promise it will be a long-term gain as team members start to come to you with solutions rather than problems. I hope these tips from our coaches help you engage in better conversations with your team. I encourage you to begin today by assessing how you have communicated until now and reflect honestly on whether you've been managing more than coaching. Remember, leadership is an ongoing learning process and one that does not happen overnight. If you want to learn more about coaching and communication skills to exercise within your team, visit our website www.leadme.academy or click the link in the podcast description. Thank you for listening and here's to your growth and learning.